Ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, leisure. Hello and welcome to Ladies of Leisure. I'm Lisa. And I'm Aikisha. And you are one of our latest guests. Congratulations, Aikisha. I know you were kind of looking forward to this. <laughs> yes, I. Well, you asked me a while ago and I said yes. And then I was overcome with ridiculous anxiety about it. And then <laughs> do it. And then you just like had this amazing, beautiful interview, like by a real professional, like a journalist actually did an interview and you were like, well, if I can do this, then Lisa's podcast should be no problem. (laughs) And like the level of anxiety for that interview was probably ridiculous. Like I needed my husband to like full on do an intercessory, like process for me so I could act, calm down. So yes, this is, this is better too, because you're not asking me for a picture. Oh, that was great. So in the time of COVID, you had to figure out how do you look like a professional and go back to wearing clothes? What were some other things you had to do? I had to figure out backgrounds. Like, cause usually if I would have done something for work, I could have gotten a professional headshot at work done. Right. And the flag and you're, all, you're dressed up. But I had to figure out background and lighting and like, like makeup, no makeup. Like it was, <laughs> it was a process and it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Like. Good you cared because they put your photo and the actual quote as the picture for the article. Yes. So I could have opted out of the photo, but then they would have just put the agency seal, which would have looked stupid. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, I've got to come up with a picture. One of the reasons they got your name was because one of our mutual friends, but your mentee was like, I know someone who's balls," and they kind of threw you under the bus. So that was very nice of you. (laughs) And so I didn't know that when I said yes, I didn't find out that until after I said yes. So I'm glad I said yes, because then I would have made my mentee look kind of like a jerk. Right. Thankfully, I said yes. And then she told me all the rest of it, like while I was kind of stressing out about it. What the worst part was going to their website because they gave us some examples of articles. I went to the website and the titles of the people they had interviewed were pretty fancy. I was like, oh, not like (laughs) my made up idea. Communication (laughs) solutionist or or virtual career architect. So even, so like, I know data communication solutionist is a made up name for yourself that you just kind (laughs) of did, but it sounds fancy. Like it sounds like. (laughs) Did a little part of you want to make up your job title? After I saw those titles, then yeah. (laughs) I was like, what do I, what do I say that I do? Like, what do I, like division chief doesn't sound that, that fancy when you're, you know, you've got all these other titles. So. I mean, I feel like chief anywhere always looks good, but now that I know what I do, especially hiring data people, a lot of goobery sounding job titles probably indicate one, you made it up yourself or two, you're not that important. (laughs) Solutionist sounds cool, but what would you say you do here? I'm the middleman where I tell someone who needs someone who the someone is on the other side. (laughs) And it's a solution. You're a matchmaker. That's that's good. (laughs) That's my next one. It's going to be matchmaker. I'm a data matchmaker, a data communication matchmaker. I think that. I like that. I'll I'll ask my next boss, like, listen, I'm going to make my own business cards. It's going to be great this time. So let's go back to how we met. So I don't want to date us too much, but we've known each other for, is it 11 or 12 years? It's 11. 11, yes. It's going on 11. Okay. We met the day of our Christmas party. So you were a fancy new hire in the image science office. And you Mm -hmm. thought you were coming on to a legit operation. And you roll into a drunken debauchery that happens once a year, starting at 7 a.m. 
Yes. So, yeah, tell us. And, and to be clear, like, that was also the, only the second time I had ever been to the Navy Yard. So if you, <laughs> if you know what that building looks like, it was not super fancy. It had the cinder block walls and looked kind of dirty. And I think I had went through the security training where they talked about the rats that used to get into the cafeteria. So this is now day two, and I go into our deep, dark office area, and everyone's drinking. (laughs) Call them vaults, because we actually worked in a vault that got locked with a combo on the front. Yes. There were a couple times I got to have the combo, because on the weekends, I was coming in for something, and they were like, here's the combo. It's super secret. It's the address of the building. (laughs) (laughs) And there was also only three numbers. I was like, this is very good, guys. Very good. But you're right. It was a hot mess. Did you, on your second day, have to take the loser short bus from the parking lot? Yes. How sketchy is that parking lot? (laughs) So, So you get to the parking lot. And the only thing that lets you know that this might be a legitimate place to park your car is the, like the police officer that's out there. Yes. And then the parking was awful and you, you know, had to pass the panhandlers on your way there. And then, yeah, you sit on the little short bus, which usually was, it was worse at the end of the day when someone would decide that they wanted to work out and get oh. super sweaty and then ride the short bus to their car. Because the bus sits there for a while. So you might be sitting there for about five or six minutes with someone that's just kind of funking up the bus. Yes. <laughs> they went and worked out in that ugly, ugly gym. I never saw the gym at the Navy Yard. I didn't even know where it was. So when Yvette gave me a tour, um, we have a, a mutual friend named Yvette. And she was my mentor when I came on. When she gave me a tour of the facility, she took me through the, the gym. But at the time I was a contractor, so I couldn't do AFP to use it. And, but the first thing out of my mouth was, it looks like you catch ringworm in this place. (laughs) It looks that awful. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even, I knew where some of the bathrooms were, where they had double couches in the ladies' bathroom from the seventies. And I was like, well, that can't be safe. But I Yeah, they were on the sixth floor. It was weird. It was like, oh, hey, we have leftover furniture. Stick them in the bathroom. That's where they go. (laughs) And there were other like remnants. And I don't think I've ever been to a government building that's not in a shady neighborhood. I guess technically we live in like, oh, we we work in one that's in a pretty nice neighborhood. But yeah, this was the sketchy part DC. It had improved a little bit. My boss used to tell me about the gay bar down the street and the gay bouncers would offer some protection from for the, the gubbies that were going in and out of their building. Okay. And, and then because you knew my team lead at the time, Eric, Eric talked about turkey leg man. They would go out during lunch and get turkey legs from a dude. And the neighborhood's not great. So I'm sure it's just a dude with a barrel with like some turkey legs hanging out there. <laughs> Probably all it was. And now the amazing stadium is right there and you could eat outside at Gordon Biersch now. And I was like, wait, there it was looks completely different. Yeah. 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 So we lived there in the good old days. And so you came on a second day. It was a great time where I think you were trying to actually ask work questions. Cause you were like, what projects might you work on? What do you do here? And there were many people that were already three drinks in at 8 a.m. And so just in case people have not met you that are listening to the podcast and they have not met you while you were drinking. (laughs) So I don't know if Lisa has, I'm trying to remember if listening to her podcast, if she's ever made a certain noise that she'll make with her mouth sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And then the more she drinks, the more it just turns into like less words and more kind of just, it's pretty much fart noise. And so... (laughs) I don't know which beer in you were in, but you were explaining things, but not using words. And there were a lot of fart, fart noises with your mouth. Yeah. You were like, I, I think these are image scientists, but <laughs> I don't know what, what they're sciencing on at all. And what you learned was 
that is the one day a year where all the scientists actually talk to each other like humans because all the other times that they're not drinking, they, they lack social skills. Many of them. Yes, this is true. There was not not a lot of talking. And you were there. Um, Some scientists that don't even want to look at you or acknowledge your face. They're like, please don't talk to me or look at me or breathe in my direction. And that was pre COVID that had nothing to do with the (laughs) pandemic. And we were around for the acknowledgement of the NIMBY room, the not yes. in my backyard room, where they yes. stuck some of the extra antisocial or interesting people. Mm-hmm. And we started calling it that in front of managers and no one told us, oh no, that's one, not accurate. And two, also not a- appropriate. They just agreed. Yes. I do. Like sometimes when I think back on like, <laughs> that building and the time, because I was really only there about six months before we changed locations. Got it. The NIMBY, like the fact that we were all together and all kind of in that vault was just some of the most ridiculous things would happen <laughs> for a group of supposedly adult, adult intelligent people. <laughs> and... I was, when I was preparing for this, I was thinking back like, oh, remember the photogrammetrist who was a little bit of a hoarder and he got scolded for hoarding too much stuff and having yelling fights with his supervisor for throwing away things that were clearly decades old and may not have, have been important. Or one of our favorite people that we find to be incredibly annoying, but passionate, he would take laps and talk to himself. But again, it's indoors. So you're going through a maze of cubicles, just kind of talking out loud. And that's how we would prep for his presentations. Or even what price is right at lunch. Price is right. I, so I got to watch some of that because it's COVID. And so it coincides with sometimes prepping for the director's town hall that we have to watch occasionally. Oh, those, those were good times. Drew Carey is looking pre-sketch these days, though. Yeah, I, it, yeah, it's a little, it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Back when it was Bob Barker, oh, I learned so many things about how much real things cost, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so you survived that, and now you've gone on to do beautiful things. But as we got to know each other, we shared a couple very leisurely habits. One of them, you're like one of only a handful of people that can have deep discussions on trashy romance novels. Yeah. 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 We read the same books. But yes, we have read some of the same books. Although I will admit like, so one year from my birthday, Lisa got me like she, you know, you, if you know, Lisa, she's arts and craftsy, right? Like she loves arts and crafts. (laughs) I mean, so she made me a gift and it was a box. And when I opened the box, instead of like, regular paper that people put into like for gifts she actually had like pages she had ripped off from a magazine that was just stories that were like some of the filthiest reads I had ever (laughs) I had ever experienced in my life and I remember reading it being like (laughs) (laughs) I hope Lisa doesn't think I'm into into quite this And see, I would always use you as a barometer where (laughs) is this Aikisha appropriate or is this going into like the one that you were like, "Mm, hard pass was Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Yes. I did. Because it it started out a little bit too. I was like, nope. Okay. That's. And that one is by Anne Rice. She wrote it back in the day. Our book club actually read that book and we had discussions and it was brought up how he used it as the barometer. I was like, okay, too much. Aikisha in the middle. And then like, I don't know, Twilight all the way at the end. We'll, we'll put that as like the, the spectrum, but we did enjoy a author. I want to say it's Colette Gray. She did Tarzan but then also the Phantom of the Opera one. Yes. Yes. And the one that wasn't super great, Robin Hood. I think we like Robin Phantom. Hood wasn't super oh, great. Monte Cristo. That was the other yes. one. Yes. yes. 
And you would think Count of Monte Cristo for being on an island prison with a bunch of dudes for quite a, quite a while. It, it was not man on man. It was a lot of action. Yes. Yeah. So they do skip over the prison for the most part. So yeah. we, we're not actually sure if it was man on man or not. <laughs> the writer just skipped over it. So <laughs> no judgment, right? It's just that wasn't included in the book. <laughs> but our favorite was like Phantom of the Opera. Yes. Yes. And that one was like super good. Everyone was doing it. All characters took part. And then when we moved down to Robin Hood, we were like, well, I mean, it's okay, but it wasn't your best. And I think it was too. I found Mario a little annoying, I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. I found her just a little aggravating. I need to be able to, if, if, if even in the trashy books, if I can't kind of relate to the female character, then I'm just like, ah, no, thank you. Got it. So then we moved on to... The mermaid one, Mermaids and Angels. And I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast. That's like one of my favorites with Joey Hill. And did you read the second one, the Sea Witch one? I read all three. Oh, okay. I see, I knew this is why we're like leisurely good friends, is because (laughs) you can actually read all of them. I think the third one was the weakest one. The third one was the weakest one. I think that the male character was pretty much just. A complete jackass. Yeah, there was no redeeming qualities. And they could have done a little bit with it, but not so much. But during like this COVID crisis, we were talking about where you get your like good reads. I've been having to backlog in my book bub is one of those emails I get that daily tells me what the cheapest erotica is, how they call it. Not smutty smut. I've been reading but what there's the romance and then there's the erotica. Right. So like that is something because I have been I've been reading romance novels just because I, I love to read and would read just about anything. But right. discovered romance novels when I was in my late teens. And so I didn't realize there was such a spectrum. So once you get to erotica, it was just kind of like this is completely different. Right. <laughs> And I was reading when I was 17. Right. And (laughs) I think I had only gotten into it probably in my 20s where I found out like, oh, there's this stuff. (laughs) Otherwise, it was like, I knew about Anne Rice's thing. I knew there was, but I wouldn't, like, it's not available in the libraries. I can't just go to the library and be like, where's the Kurndoff section? Like they had, oh, this is going to date me. Like back in like, my VHS video galaxy was the one in my small town where they had the like little curtain. Little and curtain. It, yeah. <laughs> I think they even had cowboy style swishy doors too. Mm-hmm. They were classy at video yeah. galaxy. And so now you can get your porn from Pornhub. So it's not, you don't have to go through a curtain. Right. I was listening to, I want to say it was some comedian and they were talking about how there's so much crazy, like how we're talking about erotica, so much crazy different types of porn. And one of the most popular ones right now is gag porn. That sounds awful. So first of all, that sounds like something I don't want to see. There's <laughs> been someone gagging. And I'm like, oh, hey, could you make that face again? But apparently it's when a dude and a lady, I guess you could have a dude too. It could be dude on dude. But when you're actually forcing the receiver to gag, I was like, what? What? How is, how so is that? So that can backfire. Like there's not that much of a difference between gag and full on throwing up. Do you want to yes. test that out? Do you want to try that one? Because you could end yeah. up with vomit in some places that you're not, you wouldn't enjoy. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. And then also I was like, is it the idea that like, the guy is so large that he's like, that's right. Your little petito mouth can't handle this. I was like, is that what it is? I don't understand. Anyway, <laughs> you know what? You were right. We did like a pre-talk before this podcast and you were like asking what's the ratings on this. Cause whenever we talk, <laughs> I go somewhere crazy. <laughs> so going back to our favorite, have you been reading anything lately? Cause not only do we enjoy romance and erotica but we would have long walks where you would like walk through an entire book and if i didn't want to read it you would actually make sure i knew what the ending was and i was like okay good yes okay yeah 
forgot I used to do that because most people don't like spoilers, but yeah, I love them. I was like, oh, good. Well, now if I don't get to it, I at least know what happens. <laughs> so I'm not reading a lot of like funsies right now. I, I think we talked about this a little bit. The last time we talked was that like, usually I'll do a rotation, right? Like I'll do a more serious book or something that'll like help my brain grow. And then I swap over to maybe like, you know, romance or a trashy novel. And this last time I went from like, like serious book, then to serious book and trying to in parallel read serious book. And I don't know why I did this. I think I had a, like a realization moment that was like, well, maybe I should grow up my literature a little bit. And what it's really just meant is that I haven't finished reading those books. <laughs> and like, I keep looking at them and being like, uh. And you said like serious books, but isn't it like math, math destruction? Like you took on like heavy duty books. Yes, it's Weapons of Math Destruction, which mind you, is actually a good book. Right. It was just, I, I was attempting, I was maybe a couple chapters in when the pandemic hit. And we, I just couldn't reconcile the crazy she was telling me about how models work and then having to look at the news and trust our models about the pandemic. And I, I needed a break. I just, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, just, yeah. but, and sometimes I want to like, you know, our job gives us lots of recommendations about like leadership books you can read and like all these things that like whenever people, I think what it was to is a reason why I was trying to read maybe a little less trash is because, you know, people in certain positions are asked them what they're reading. Like, what are you reading? And they always say something really impressive. Like they've got these lists of books and they're either lying and not actually reading those things or they are. But right. if you ask me what I'm reading, right? <laughs> I've heard of this one called The Desert Python. It's great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So it was just kind of like, well, maybe I can try. It's not been successful. <laughs> so I, when we talked about books last time, I was reading Design Mom and two other design books. And you pointed out, and you were completely accurate, that the problem with well-educated people like ourselves is we assume we can read a book and we suddenly become an expert. And I read those books. And I was like, I must be dumb. I'm not getting it. Like I just, the colors, everything they're talking about. I finished two of them. I was like, nope, nope, nope. I'm, I'm positive. I'm not going to get better at this. And I even talked to someone who I didn't know, like r- really dabbled in design. And they were like, oh, well, the way negative space works. And they start going on. And I was like, how do you have this power? I read two books. I can't <laughs> it out. <laughs> Yes, just watch HGTV and copy whatever they put up there. Oh, <laughs> just do that. <laughs> put the book so down. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, I'm becoming like snotty. Like when I like look at uh, houses, like we've been looking at houses to buy and stuff. I was like, well, this is not featured on Property Brothers. What is this ugly butt shade of counter? <laughs> that will happen because that happened to me when we were building our house. I oh. got super snotty and was like, we were watching a lot of HGTV <laughs> and I was getting a brand new unused house and the snottiness came out in full force. And Dante, <laughs> my husband, Dante would make a suggestion about something and I'd be like, not in my house. We're not. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> so that is a great transition to you. When you take on something, you go full throttle. And so I would say it sounded like a year at least, but you could correct me if I'm wrong. A year of your life was consumed with prepping, building a house. I remember we were walking the hallway and you even said you had researched if you could just buy a plot of land, knock down the house, what do you need as a foundation to make it cheaper? And you went into great details like, oh, if you have the sewer connection, that's good. But like, if you had, I was like, oh God, this isn't just a Google. (laughs) You were in deep. But you made the choice to go and build a beautiful house. How how was that journey? So I think the journey was, we ended up going with like a builder. So, I, and I think that was better. It kept me from completely losing my mind. I actually really liked the process and wanted to build another house when we were done just to build it. Like, 
It's like just so I could go and pick out the stuff and yeah. <laughs> It's like when you're in The Sims and you're like, I'll build the house now. I don't want to play the game. I just, want to- <laughs> I just want to build as many houses as I can. I don't have to live in any of them. Right. <laughs> there was an interview today with Paul Rudd and he was talking about, they asked him, what job would you do if you weren't like an actor or anything? He's like, oh, I would build tree houses. And they're like, what? He's like, oh, I started watching the show Tree Masters. And it's a, a guy and his team and they go and build these epic tree houses. He's like, if I could do that, that would be my job. Yeah, that seems cool. And I was like, yeah, that does seem cool. If I had to pick a talent, it would probably be like, again, if I had some design aesthetics for more than two books, I, I, I would find it interesting. I now realize everything I built in The Sims is a big uggo. And that's why I'm experiment <laughs> points because they were like, this is a hideous wall color. You big stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to choose everything, but you also put on like an amazing garage setup, you and Dante, because like there's six garages. There are five. Five. Okay. My bad. Like six would be ridiculous. Five. Totally fine. And he's going to run a business. Yes. So he's, he is pausing a little bit just because, you know, pandemic. (laughs) Everything, but yeah, like, but yes, he has his own business. So, what was the most ridiculous part about building your house that you didn't know going into it was going to suck? Like, I would think for me, it would be picking out details that I just didn't care about. So, you'd be surprised about the details you do care about. So, <laughs> I thought that. So, the hardest part was was the decision making because what I can tend to do is belabor the the decision making. Once I make the decision, I'm good, but like going back and forth on it. What I decided to do, and particularly with picking out colors or styles or anything like that, floors, I started to go with my gut. I decided I'm going to go with my intuition and gut. If it speaks to me, I'm going to say yes, and I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to second guess because you have enough time to be like, did I want brick red or do I want maroon or do I, you know and so literally you know I would go into the space and we were picking out for example the external colors when and I knew I wanted for example a red door and there was like five different reds you can pick from right like and she's showing us the reds and the one that registered like the, I knew immediately that's it and then I left it alone right so that was what I thought was going to be the hardest and it ended up being a lot easier than I anticipated just because I didn't allow my like inner voice to constantly like nitpick myself and say, I'd like this. I enjoy it. Let's go with it. That I can totally see because right now I'm having that just with me and Alex looking at houses. And I remember he said something very similar to what you said. He's like, yeah, I'd prefer the orange brick versus these tan. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> I didn't even notice that. And he'll say, he's like, you know what I liked about the house with the red door? I'm like, there was a red door in one of the houses. I was like, oh, you mean the one that has a hot tub? Yes. The hot tubby one. So like, we look at very different things. And so when you're like five red doors, I'm like, oh yeah, I would be making gut reactions because I don't care. <laughs> He would probably care a little bit more about that. And in fact, we're right now like trying to figure out, did we regret passing on a house that we were just like, meh. But I think right now you just told me we made the right decision because our gut reaction was like, "Mm, no, no. We don't know why no, but no. And I think what helped us too was that like, there were certain things that were Dante's things and there were certain things that were my things. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't second guess any of his things. Like, he was super particular about lighting inside the house and in the garage. And he made a lot of things like decisions that I wouldn't have even considered. And like a space may have been darker than we wanted of what would have wanted, but now it's not nice and well lit. And we've got more lighting there, for example, that just wasn't something I was thinking about, but it was also something that I kind of let him was like, you decide. Right. And then there were things that were my things and he didn't really second guess my things either. Like, he would, we listen to each other to kind of get through the decision-making, but that was that person's decision and they got to go with it. And so that helps. Like, it sounds like you and 
and Alex are already doing that a little bit. Like there's certain things he cares about and certain things you care about. And so just kind of go with your strengths <laughs> and work together. And I think you'll be fine. Now, one of the things I'm super excited when I get to see your house in real life someday is Dante has like a mini arcade going on. Yes. And the, the what he went through to get those games, I he well, I, you think I'm committed to something? <laughs> he commits to something. Sometimes I'll just be like, really? Like you're willing to do this? Like with all these challenges and all these limitations, you are still like set on it, and he'll still be set on it. And he'll he'll go through all the jump, all the hoops he has to jump to get what it is he wants. Now, the other fun thing that you have is you have two beautiful daughters, Shantae and Jasmine. Did they actually help out with like any of the parts of the house or you were like, you're not going to be living in it as long as we are. So, <laughs> No, they didn't really help. But when we were picking out the flooring for the house, though, we me and Dante decided like their bathroom, like we're not going to go super fancy on their bathroom because they're going to trash it anyway because they're teenagers. <laughs> we're going to have to fix it after they leave. And so we went, we went tile through most of the house, but we went with vinyl in their bathroom floor. We figured we could, we could change that later. It's super easy. And they got so excited because the vinyl, like apparently vinyl laminate floorings have had, like they've done a step up in several, in recent years. Oh yeah. And so they look more fancy and like more, they look a lot closer to tile from a distance. So they were super excited. They were like, oh, these are floors, mommy. And I was like, you betcha. <laughs> Cause we love you. <laughs> You're some lucky girls. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so on top of juggling, like building a house now, you've like lived in it for, it has it, it's been a year, right? You moved in last it's been April. a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you had, you've had for a beautiful year. So now one of the other bonding hobbies that we had together was we had similar workouts. You would always go much more intense. Like you could, did you do P90X? Was that the one you did or Insanity? I did both. Okay. Okay. I and didn't actually finish Insanity though, but I did try both. Yeah. And I never went to that level, but the one like we did that we kind of shared a uh, like dislike was Turbo Fire with Shalene Johnson. And yes. I recently did her, I guess it's life, what they call it, lifestyle change, a lifestyle change. It's not diet anymore. Did, it's a did it change your life? I mean, it was like mild keto, mild eating less carbs and then trying to do microbiome. So it got me thinking about things healthier, but did it like change my whole life? Yeah. Nah. I would say her DVDs have probably done more for me than like her, her book of, you know, how to get your stuff together. I also found, have, did you ever like see anything she did like besides the DVDs? So she would do the really intense, like dancey cardio kickboxing stuff, but she also like tried to do like social media life coach type things. No, I've never seen that. I, I only like her DVD personality now. She's annoying enough. So like she does a lot of Botox. Oh yeah. That would be problematic as a life coach. You can't give anyone any facial expressions. Yeah. And she like, so then she's like, and then she talks about how they almost went bankrupt. And I was like, don't you have a media empire? Like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, she did Pio and a couple other things. So I'm like, this stuff has got to be making you money still. And then I don't know. She isn't she, it's the Beachbody affiliate. Maybe Beachbody takes all that. You know what? That's true. Cause I think all of her stuff is through Beachbody, which has just started doing two week subscription mode. So they don't sell the DVDs anymore. And I was like, Oh, I wouldn't like that. Have you seen Sean T's new, I think it's called size. Yes. Okay. Have. have you tried it? I haven't. We looked, me and my daughters looked at a couple of, cause I like a couple of the exercise videos he has online. You can find a couple oh. on YouTube of just a few like routines yeah and when pandemic first started and I was like the schools was trying to get their self together and I was trying to figure out how to get them to burn some energy I was like well maybe they would like size and so I showed them a few and they were like they were looking at me like mommy 
womp. Like, <laughs> no. I watched like, cause usually the infomercials I bought, I bought Shalene Johnson's stuff off the infomercials. She sells me every time. When I saw his good at the selling, yes, the infomercials are impressive. Yeah, when I saw his infomercial, I have to say, I think I like Shanti, but then I'm watching the dodos doing it in the house and how like dumb they look doing the moves. I was like, that's me. I look dumb. I know that if you put a mirror up against me, it's like a gyrating turkey. I, I it didn't sell me. Cause they like had, they weren't showing the DVD promos. They were showing like, these are real people in their homes doing it. I was like, ah, and it took <laughs> like hip hop abs. And I was like, oh, I did own hip hop abs. Did they, you? Yes, of course I did. The infomercial was great. Shanti was <laughs> buy whatever that guy's selling minus size. I now know. But like when I was doing it, I was like, this is. This is like white people hip hop that I feel whiter for having done this. And like, there's two people in the background kind of doing this. And you're like, we all look like turkeys. Like we all look ridiculous. So I will say though, with hip hop abs, I don't think he had, a. I think he had a lot of like made in his own studio music. Cause he probably didn't have the budget to actually get real songs. And in size, it is actual you know, not like the top 10 hits, but it is actual songs that you've heard on the radio out in real life. And not just, you know, someone that sounded like, you know, a cousin with a beat machine and a keyboard. Like, so. <laughs> so true. It, I do remember being like, I guess this is hip hop. I don't have you done any like workouts over pandemic? I just started getting back into it. Like I did one today just so I could say I remember Turbo Fire, the 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 hit workout that's only 15 minutes. <laughs> I had like so when the pandemic first hit, I because I, you know, in the last year or so, a little bit more, probably a couple years, I got into lifting and less into cardio, even though I still do cardio. Yeah. And but the thing about lifting, especially like lifting heavy things, right? And that's what lifting is, is like convincing yourself that picking up that heavy thing and then putting it back down and then picking it back up again is a good idea. It <laughs> takes a, like a lot of like mental strength that I wasn't aware of. So when the pandemic hit and work was crazy and the kids were out of school and everything was kind of nuts, I went about, you know, a good three weeks four weeks of like not doing anything just because I'd go into, cause we have a enough space to have like, we've got like a little gym in our basement and I'd go in there and look at it and be like, Nope, not today. Like I just mentally couldn't get myself to the space to be able to do it, but I have started doing it again. It's, it's a couple months in and it's better now. It's, it's like clarity at the end of it. It doesn't feel like a chore, but you know, so taking some time off of lifting, lifting and then getting back into it too sucks. Yeah. <laughs> strong and things stop hurting and then you get unstrong. And then you're like, what? Why does this hurt so much? I don't remember. <laughs> or you in your head remember that you used to be able to squat that amount of weight. on, And so you stupidly put try to put close to that on the rack again. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> That's humbling because then like you've got to take the weight right, way down and it's really, you got to build it back up again. It's kind of, it's almost harder the second time when you're trying to get stronger than, than the first time. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I just know that I'm sore from like my 15 minute hit and I was like, oh, you mean the workout you gave me for my arms that you wrote like on a little piece of paper. I think I still have it next to the weights, but it was like, Oh, use your 10 pound weights. I'm like, Oh, 10 pounds. Can I just do five? Oh, 10 pounds. So hard. <laughs> and then the last thing I wanted to bring up was you are one of, let's see, a vet Vicky and you are like mentors who are supervisors. Like you've taken that first like toe dip into supervisory ship and like, I'm using you to, as a barometer, I'm like, all right, could I do it? Vicky was like the first one and she was your old boss and we had her on uh, last summer. How are you feeling as a supervisor? So 
I am. I feel like I'm getting in the groove of it. Like I've <laughs> I had, had leadership positions previously, but not like been a hardcore. This is like having a leadership position is different than actually being a supervisor. And so I'm kind of getting into the hang of it. I, it doesn't appear that my people hate me. So, <laughs> so that they, they actually like- compliments and I keep being like, thanks. <laughs> you don't have to compliment me. <laughs> I'm just doing my job. I'm good. Your people don't scatter when they see you coming, which is usually good barometer, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> But I, there were a couple of things I had to get used to. One was the idea that you're the boss and the things that come with that. So I got hired and some of the people that are, that are my employees, I knew previously and some didn't, but I'm now the boss. So if I walk up on an inappropriate conversation, they're going to immediately try to like fix it. Or if someone makes like, what's probably not quite an appropriate joke, <laughs> so I, I was maybe a month into the position and one of my, one of my military guys made a joke that, you know, was a little inappropriate. It wasn't like, you know, I've heard way worse. Right. right. <laughs> and I asked him to repeat himself, not because I wanted to scold him, but because I wanted to make sure he said what he said. Cause I thought it was kind of funny, but he took it as, Oh yeah. When I was like, what did you say? And he was, then he fixed it and changed it. and was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a boss now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, oh yeah, okay. I can't participate in the un- like, inappropriate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you fixed that young man. Like, I don't really know. <laughs> Off with the warning this time. <laughs> <laughs> so it was that Im- kind of immediate kind of like realization of, oh, because in any other situation, he probably would have repeated it, right? But I'm his boss now. He doesn't know me that well on top of it. And, or when people actually expect you to make a decision. So you'll walk in a room and you, everyone's looking at like something comes up and everyone's looking at you for the, the answer to what they should do next. And sometimes you don't know what they should do next. So what do you tell what do you tell them? Sometimes you tell them, I don't know. If there was an expectation that you should know, then you figure out something else to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned that I had to be prepared going into meetings in a different way than I was before I was a supervisor. Oh. Right? Like, yeah. Or at the very minimum, be able to just talk to it in a way that I wouldn't have been, when I wasn't a supervisor, if that wasn't my thing. Then it just wasn't my, if I didn't do it, I didn't know the answer and it was fine, but I'm expected to have some knowledge and be aware of what my people are doing and be able to speak to that. So like all those things were just, it took a little bit to get used to, to be able to answer the questions. I remember one time I was running late to a meeting. First of all, it was a meeting I had had my per- asked my person to put together and call. And I couldn't even remember what it was for. Like I had that many meetings at that <laughs> one point that I had to ask one of my other employees can you remind me, or like a couple hours before the meeting, can you remind me what this meeting is for? And they were like, didn't you call it? I was like, yeah, but do you know how many meetings I'm in? <laughs> so they reminded me, and then I'm running late to the meeting. I show up and not thinking that because I'm the boss, they would have, they waited to start the meeting. So I'm a couple minutes late. They waited to start the meeting. I sit down, I'm kind of like a little out of breath because I was running. And then everyone's looking at just waiting still for me to kick it off. Oh, weird. Yeah. And so I've got to just kind of go with it. And mind you, I only kind of remember at this point what the meeting was for, <laughs> right? Because I was like, what is this meeting for? But yeah, you know, you, you kind of get it going, you get it started, and then you kick it off to your people and let them, <laughs> let them finish talking. <laughs> I remember a few months ago, you had said you suddenly had a newish, I won't say greater, but a newish appreciation for some of the branch chiefs and supervisors we had before, not because they were doing an amazing job, but because you're like, oh, I kind of understand why maybe they were doing the things they did because it is, and you walking through the mindset of, oh, this is how it's a different perspective that you have to have. And and some people just aren't as prepared or 
pick up as easily. But yeah, so that's interesting that you walk through it like that. We talked a little bit about this. I was going to ask what were some of the challenges, but I already know that you've had a ridiculous six months besides COVID. You've had all the things that a supervisor might have over a lifetime happen like six months. That is, that is true. The only thing I haven't had is I haven't had to fire anybody. That is probably the only thing that I haven't had to do, but yeah, I've had um, sick employees. I had an employee pass away. I had employees lose really close family members. You're talking about parents, siblings. I had to wholesale figure out how to get my people to work in a completely different environment than what they were working and then kind of work through kind of helping them a little bit work through, not in a psych, like as a psychologist kind of way, we're helping them work through their anxiety, but literally they were doing all the work. It felt like hyper energy. Like they were emailing me constantly and like sending like constantly, constantly, constantly. And I had to be like, guys, step back, take a breath and don't do all the things. Like, I don't need you to do, do what, you know, even the idea of you doing the same amount of work you would have been doing had this pandemic not happened. is just unreasonable. The level of stress on all of us means that it's going to affect you and it may affect your ability to get the work done. And that's okay. Just communicate with me, communicate with your team. We'll figure it out. And lo and behold, after I got them to calm down, (laughs) we've met all of our, you know, production, like, you know, deliverables. Like we are right on track where we should be. And it wasn't because I had to like try to crack a whip because I couldn't see them or that I had to like put a lot of pressure on them. They were, they already wanted to do a great job. I just had to actually convince them to step back and take a breath and not burn themselves out. Cause that's what I didn't want to happen is that I had a, like now a team of people completely burnt out because they were trying to operate at a level that's unreasonable given the amount of stress we're all under. Right. What is one thing about this new gig that you were surprised you liked? I think I am most surprised that I like some of the forward vision things. Um, I always consider myself more, less of like, a. I don't want to call myself a visionary, but I always seem felt like I was in awe of the people that could just come up with, they come up with an idea or they just understand how the process worked and figure out like what the next steps would be. So even figuring out things like what our schedule for next fiscal year, what are we going to work on? Right. Because that changes. Right. And that guidance comes from a lot of different places, but the fact that I actually like being able to think of those things and, and, and better at it than I thought I would be. Right. I'm better at like, also when my, knowing what my people are doing and having some idea of what they're doing and remembering what it is they're doing when I'm asked in a meeting right? of all the disparate things they're doing. Like I do enjoy that more than I thought I would. All right. Well, so what I always like hearing from you is that you're very humble because I know I've had to listen to quite a few supervisors in our workforce come and tell me their problems or some of their issues or demands. And I'm like, oh, I think Aikisha's doing more than okay, given the fact that some of these people are having these issues. I had a supervisor recently ask me, what should his people be doing? And I'm like, well, that is fascinating that you've come to me. <laughs> 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 So I think you're doing, for his people. <laughs> so I think you're doing great. <laughs> so I want to give a plug to the article that you did. I'll put the link on our Instagram because it's very good. And because you were so stressed out about it, you had some solid winner answers, quotables. Well, oh, cheer champion. Was that what it was? Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, no. Your confidence champion. Yes. Confidence champion. Yes. I love that you came up with that. The person that's just going to give you the boost that you need. And then the other perspective that you gave that like, we didn't really talk about here, but our group of friends that we refer to as the posse of power, we would often talk about what it was like being a female in a very, so it's only 32% females at NGA, I think. And 
definitely one of the offices we were in, it, it was far fewer, but then you even added what's like being a black female having to go through all this. And so I would really encourage any of our listeners that want to hear more about your answers, less trashy romance novel references in there, but still okay. So I'll put it on the Instagram and then thank you for being a guest on here. This was great. Thanks for being your, your fellow lady of leisure and sharing all of your leisurely activities. Thank you so much for inviting me, Lisa. My anxiety was not well-placed. This was a great experience. Okay, good. I am going to ask you one question before we go. Do you have any activity? Because I feel like some of the ones we've talked about, like working out, lifting, building a house. Do you have another activity that you might not be doing now, but you have plans to do in like maybe the next six months, a year? Pretend COVID's gone. The pretend COVID's gone. So another activity, the activity I keep trying to get into. How about I answer that? Yes. I keep trying to get into hiking. Ooh. And my family is only but so enthusiastic. (laughs) And so that it's, you know, that that's the main problem. They're doing easy trail. Like when I say easy trail, it needs to be asphalted. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty much a walking path, right? <laughs> That's what they'll do. And my youngest is pretty scared of bugs too. So I've been trying to get us into hiking and they're only lukewarm about it. All so right. maybe in the next six months, you know, and that's something you can do in a pandemic because there might not be oh. a lot of people out there. There's a bunch of fools out there though. I took my kids on like a half mile hike and no mass. And the other thing is because hiking's like free for the most part, you get to see the beautiful spectrum of humanity. You have <laughs> with their sticks that they paid for. And then you have people who are about to pass out on the trail because they didn't realize they need water. It reminds me of when we went to Great Falls. Do you remember? And the lady who had the weights with her, who didn't know where she was going. And you're headed toward the side of the mountain. Okay, good luck. Yeah, we were like, where are you going? We had to literally, you're right. We had to literally climb. climb. Yes, we had to climb. And she had like weights with her. What are you doing? Like, why are you trying to make hiking hiking on a, like on that trail harder? I don't quite understand. I didn't think she had water with her. I, we're like, where are you coming from? The woods. <laughs> So yeah, it's the whole spectrum of humanity. I do like that answer though. Hiking. That's always good. I, oh, what am I trying to get into? I mean, it would be great if I had like a new house. I feel like then I could pretend maybe some of my design things could happen. But uh, I've talked to you before. I do want a she shed so that it doesn't stink of like testosterone all the time. I deserve a she shed. Thank you. If Alex you. doesn't get you a she shed, then he's failed as a husband. Right. so with that we end every episode with our little shout out are you ready yes i just had to think to remember what it was (laughs) yeah i'm I'm, that's an enthusiastic response best one ever (laughs) all right ready (laughs) (laughs) 